Good morning, folks. And a very warm welcome to worship with Paisley St. George's. Called to follow, called to leave it all behind, called to journey and not look back, called by name, called as we are, called and transformed, called to follow and transform others, called, called to tell the good news, called to stand up for others, called to show people their worth, called to show people they're loved, called, called to gather, called to worship. We stand able to worship God by singing hymn number 510, Jesus calls us here to meet him and we'll omit verse 4, we'll omit verse 4 from hymn number 510. And now we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, you are the creator. You have set the stars in space and the planets in their orbits. You have created each one of us and the world in which we live. You have provided us with air to breathe, water to drink and food to eat. And this morning we praise you for the gradually lengthening hours of daylight, for the tiny green shoots of bulbs beginning to push through the cold, dark soil. <coughs> Lord God, you have given us your word. 
your word as written in scripture, your word as our living example, Jesus Christ, your son. We praise you for all we learn of Jesus from the Bible and through the love of all his followers. You have given us the Holy Spirit to help us to follow you. And so we gather here to praise you and to learn more of your great love for us. We know you love us and we try to our best to be the people you want us to be. And yet, faithful God, you know that sometimes we mess things up. Sometimes we're not kind to those whom we meet. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we want to do our own thing instead of listening. Forgive us and help us now and every day. Lord, when you invite us to follow you, help us to say yes. Help us to follow in Jesus' footsteps. And hear us now as we pray in the words Jesus gave his followers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. A wee bit of a challenge for you. Can you do what I do? Can you touch your head? Yes. Can you touch your toes? I'm cheating, I'm bending, but you're sitting down. Can you dance a Highland Fling? Oh, I don't think I can. Uh, And I did bring something in my bag. What did I bring? What is it? A skipping rope. But do you know what? I looked at it and I looked at the cassock and I thought, "Uh -uh. health and safety, I'm not going to try it. Discretion is the better part of valour, as they say. You know, I said about touching your head, we can all do that. Touching your toes, we can all manage that. Skipping, mm. can you do that, Hayley? I can. You can, good, good. And how do you get better at it? You keep on practising, yeah. And some things, like I did think about trying to sing, and then I thought, no, I'd need to lock all the doors before I would (laughs) sing so that nobody tried to escape. And some things we need people to teach us how to do. But I want to tell you a story about a boy called Jack. Jack was a wee boy who dreamed of becoming a footballer one day. The only problem for Jack was that he lived in a house in the country and there was no one to practice with. But every day, Jack got out his football and he practiced his shooting skills, trying to hit a fence post from different distances. He put stones down and he dribbled the ball round the stones, pretending that they were real footballers. Not one day, not a single day went by without Jack practicing his ball skills. Well, when Jack moved to a new school, he discovered lots of other people to play with and he thought he would be able to get into the school football team without any problems. But when it came to the trials, remember, 
Jack had only practised on his own. So when it came to trials, other people moved and they tackled him and they ran about and Jack was a little bit confused by it all. However, the football coach saw that Jack could pass a ball accurately and he could control the ball easily. All his practice had paid off, hadn't it? And the coach believed he could make a real footballer out of Jack. So the more Jack practiced, the more he got used to other players trying to tackle him and he became a better player. Because when we practice things, we get better at it, don't we? Mm -hmm. And before long, Jack was picked to play in the team. Not everything went smoothly in that first game. And although Jack scored a goal, the team lost 4-1. So Jack scored the only goal. Well done, Jack. The coach, well, he offered words of encouragement to the team and talked about how they could learn from one another. And you know what? They won the next match, the one after that. And by the end of the season, their team had won the league championship even though there had been some setbacks on the way. And the coach, well, he continued to show them all new skills and how to work together as a team, rather than just being a bunch of individuals. Are you in any teams? Do you play team sports? What do you play? Football? Netball? Football? Football, uh-huh. So we, some of us play team sports and we know what it's like to play in a team, yeah, and you've got to practice. And even if you don't play in a team, no matter what we do, we've got to practice. But do you know, and the adults are going to hear this story later on, one day Jesus came looking for people to be his disciples. So he invited them to be part of his team. He invited them to be part of Team Jesus. All his followers were different. They had a variety of different skills, just like in our football team, where the goalies got different skills from the centre. And I would really show my age if I started to name positions, because I've no idea what football's all about now. Netball, I might manage a wee bit more about. So all of the, the disciples that Jesus called, all the people he said to come and follow me. Remember we did come last week? Come. I know you weren't here. I know, Hayley, but never mind. It's fine. We'll do some another day, or you can maybe teach us some another day. Would you like to? You're not sure? Okay. Maybe together we can learn some. Okay? But Jesus said to come and follow me. And he showed them how they could work together as a team. And if they would follow him and listen to him, then they could become the best people they could possibly be. I wonder if you all want to be the best you can possibly be. Maybe you can follow Jesus too. So we're going to sing of that in our next praise item. We're going to sing, I will make you fishers of men. I think we'll sing it through twice, Alan. And we've got actions for that. Okay? I will make you fishers of men. And I'm going to switch my microphone off before I start to sing.
We come now to the intimations, most of which are in the order of service, but there are some additional ones. A reminder at the top of the order of service, if you are in the church buildings at either site for anything other than a scheduled meeting, please, please sign in on the sheets located at each entrance and please sign out again when you leave on the same sheet. And that's so that we can keep track of who is in the building in case of an emergency. Now, talking of the halls, heating. If you're using the halls and you need to adjust the heating, please follow the instructions beside the controllers. If you don't do that, you might switch it off and then the next group in are freezing. So please follow the instructions beside the controllers. And if in doubt, don't touch it to turn it down. Talking of heating, there is a problem with the heating at the outreach centre, so everything that is happening at the outreach centre in the coming week has had to be cancelled. I'm very sorry about that, we're really disappointed, but it's, the building's not warm enough to use, so we hope that we'll be able to make progress with getting a repair done. The Guild meets tomorrow evening in here in Cossyside at 7.30. We're looking forward to welcoming Alan and our church choir. So do come along and enjoy the music. And as I keep saying, everyone is welcome. No matter what is on here in this building or in our outreach centre, everyone is welcome at everything that goes on in this church. Advance notice of the Guild concerts will put Saturday the 18th of February afternoon in your diary. Tickets are now available from committee members, including afternoon tea. Now, if it's a typical Guild afternoon tea, you won't need your dinner that night. <laughs> Maybe I'm counting my chickens before they're hatched. The notices about learning together at Glenburn, as I say, unfortunately this week, they have had to be cancelled. We hope that they will start again the following week at these times. Ice Cream Sunday is back next week, 29th of January. Treasure and trifle. So children of all ages welcome. The children are away, but I'm sure they'll be told to bring a friend. And if you know any youngsters, please invite them to come along. Men's breakfast will be held on Saturday, the 4th of February at 9.30. Please come along and enjoy great company and a hearty breakfast. Oh, Upcoming event from the men's breakfast, ladies' afternoon tea on Saturday. Oh, that clashes with something. Mm. Saturday, the 18th of March, from 2 to 4 in the large hall here in Cossie Side Street. Tickets on sale soon. Our warm space is open every Thursday in the afternoons from 1 o'clock. This will be held at Cossie Side in the lower hall, and we use the Stowe Street entrance which is not the entrance out there, it's the entrance down next to the lower hall. Everyone is welcome to join us for hot drinks in a warm room. You could bring your knitting, you could bring dominoes, whatever. I have a note here about the washing line. Doesn't the church look bare without our washing line hanging up? There were 61 hats, 20 scarves, 21 pairs of gloves and 104 pairs of socks. What a tremendous result. And 
I have a letter here. Thank you for the lovely donations of the winter goods that will be distributed to our clients within homeless services. It's extremely kind of your parishioners to think and support people who are vulnerable and at times have absolutely nothing when they present to us for assistance. It's especially generous when times are tough enough for everyone at the moment with increased bills and food costs. We totally appreciate and value all your continued support to our service as it really does make a difference. So please, on behalf of Renfrewshire Council, thank all your parishioners again. Now, some of the items also went to Women's Aid and they were absolutely thrilled to be given hats and scarves and gloves that would suit some ladies and some of the older children. So there we go, we've done something nice for other people. Now, as you know, Presbytery is in the process of drawing up a Presbytery plan to cut the number of ministries in Clyde Presbytery. The proposal is that this plan will be put before Presbytery at a meeting on Saturday the 18th of March, which clashes with the men's breakfast ladies' afternoon tea. I think I have to be at the Presbytery meeting. So just keep that in mind and would you please keep the folks on the committee who have been charged with the exceptionally difficult task of drawing up a plan. Keep them in your prayers and ask that God will, through his spirit, will guide them to make decisions that are right for his church. For that's why we're here. We're here to serve God in his church. So, let's now turn to scripture to hear just how Jesus called his first disciples to follow him. And this morning, our Bible readings will be given by Muriel, one of our deputy session clerks and a worship leader. Good morning. Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 to 23, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Jesus begins to preach. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light, on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. 
Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Amen. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. We continue in our worship by singing hymn number 340, When Jesus Saw the Fisherman, hymn 340. With the children we talked about being part of a team, a team made up of individual people all striving towards the one goal. Most of us will have experience of being part of a team where each member has their own particular role. I wonder too if perhaps as children we experience being the last person picked for a team or indeed being left out altogether. When Jesus chose his disciples, he asked them to follow him and be part of his team. And I wonder why Jesus chose the people he did to be his disciples. For as we think about his disciples, we are aware that they are ordinary men. They're fisher folks. And although we often focus on Peter, whose habit of getting into trouble and saying the wrong thing is well known, all of the disciples were flawed in some way. James and John, they were known as sons of thunder. Sons of thunder because of their fiery tempers. And later in the Bible, we hear of them squabbling over who would be the most important in heaven. Andrew, Andrew had doubts over Jesus' power, even though he recognised him as the Messiah. And Thomas, well, Thomas had to see for himself to believe. So the disciples, they were ordinary people. Ordinary people invited to follow Jesus. Invited to follow Jesus and chosen to carry the gospel message. So too for us, with all our flaws, our questions and our doubts. 
Jesus offers a place in his team to us all. Jesus does not leave anyone out. He invites us all to follow him. And when he invites us to follow him, he will make use of us. He will make use of each one of us with all our strengths and with all our weaknesses. Because do you know what? Our doubts and our flaws, they're not the problem that may be holding back and missing out or being too scared to follow might be. I always read that passage and it's the fact that when Jesus said, come and follow me, they simply left what they were doing and they went immediately to follow him. They didn't go and do anything else. They went and followed him. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. But Jesus chose his team right at the beginning of his ministry, having travelled to Capernaum, a small fishing village by the side of Lake Galilee. I wonder why he went to Capernaum and not to Jerusalem. Why choose a small, insignificant place away from the power and influence of the major cities? However, when we learn more of Jesus and his ministry, we see that Jesus chooses to align himself with people who are poor and dispossessed. There's so many examples of people who have done wrong, people that uh, Jewish rabbis would have been forbidden to talk to, tax collectors, you name it. Jesus came for everyone. Jesus came for the poor and the dis dispossessed. He didn't choose to court the wealthy and the elite, dazzling them with miracles of power, but he chose to move among the humblest of people and he shared in their lives. He walked beside them. He walked beside them. He experienced their lives and he told stories in a language that they could understand. He used examples of everyday life at the seashore on Lake Galilee or in the farming land further inland. He was with the people. He was where he was needed. And surely this is a good model for our ministry and witness. We need to be prepared as a congregation, as a national church and as individuals. We need to be prepared to work where Jesus most needs us. And we need to pray that when the presbytery works on its plan, that that will have a bearing on how the decisions are made, on where churches are needed. That it needs to be where Jesus calls us to be. Jesus wants us to tell his love through simple words and actions. And that's what we're trying to do with the warm spaces, with the digital learning skills, with the cookery and knitting. we wanting to come beside people and to hear their story and not to preach, not to preach the gospel, but to share the love of Jesus Christ. And that is something we can all do, no matter where we are placed in life, we can share the love of Jesus Christ with our neighbours, with the person on the bus, with whoever. For Jesus calls each one of us, all of us, ordinary people. He calls us to follow him and to be part of his team. 
And when we follow him, his love for us changes us. And his love for us enables us to share that love with others. That's what happens when we follow Jesus. Jesus loves us and his love changes us as we follow him so that we can then more readily share his love with others. And we're going to sing of this in our next hymn. So as we sing, let's think about the words and dedicate ourselves once again, or for the first time, to following Jesus. It's hymn 532, Lord, you have come to the seashore. Hymn 532.
we turn to our second Bible reading for this morning, which will be read for us again by Muriel. The second reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians, and it's taken from chapter 1, verses 10 to verse 18. I appeal to you, my friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree among yourselves and avoid divisions. Let there be complete unity of mind and thought. My friends, it has been brought to my notice by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, each of you is saying, I am for Paul, or I am for Apollos. I am for Cephas, or I am for Christ. Surely Christ has not been divided. Was it Paul who crucified you? Was it in Paul's name that you were baptized? Thank God I never baptized any of you except for Crispus and Gaius. No one can say you were baptized in my name. I did, of course, baptize the household of Stephanus. I cannot think of anyone else. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel and to do it without recourse to skills and rhetoric, lest the the cross of Christ be robbed of his effect. The message of the cross is sheer folly to those on the way to destruction, but to us, who are on the way to salvation, it is the power of God. Amen. Thank you, Muriel. As we all know, the Church of Scotland is seeking to make reductions to the number of ministries across Scotland. And as we've heard, and will have heard out and about in the town, just what some of the plans that were proposed were, there are changes planned within Clyde Presbytery and within Paisley. I think if we're all totally honest, we accept that reductions have to be made because the number of church members is declining, the income is declining, and the number of ministers are declining. Many buildings are not even half-filled at worship. They're expensive to heat and maintain. So this, we all recognise, is not an easy time for the church as a whole. But let's remember that the church is the body of Christ in the world. The church is made up of individuals, individuals seeking to be like Andrew and Simon Peter and James and John, individuals seeking to follow Jesus to be part of his team, so to work together to learn how to be fishers of men. This morning we heard Muriel read for us the passage from 1 Corinthians, written to a church in difficulties, the church in Corinth. Paul had spent 18 months in Corinth with the people there before moving on, and he wrote his letters to that church when he was staying in Ephesus around 55 AD. However, it's always worth remembering that when we read these letters, they weren't gathered together at the time. They weren't gathered together for some 30 or 40 years. And when they were put together, 
I don't know that he dated everything, so they maybe were not put together in the correct order. But that's a by-the-by, because this does not stop us from reading and benefiting from Paul's advice. For this morning, in his letter to the church in Corinth, we hear of Paul's advice regarding the divisions that seem to be appearing. And it's Paul's teaching that these divisions had emerged because the Corinthians thought too much about human wisdom and knowledge and too little about the sheer grace of God. Now, I'm aware from talking to folks around Paisley and further afield that congregations are unhappy with some of the proposals being suggested by Presbytery. But as you know, the proposals so far do not involve St George's in any further readjustment. But no matter what Presbytery's plan for St George's is, I do not believe that Christ's church can stand still and grow. We cannot stand still. We have to keep moving forward. A single journey begins with one step. We do things one step at a time, but each step has to be followed by another. And all of this has to be done through God's grace and the power of his Holy Spirit. I'd like to share with you Sheila Walker's reflection on Paul's letter. Now, we're talking about churches and differences. This comes with the reminder that this this was written by an Anglican. So some of the references might not sit so well with our Reformed Presbyterianism. So let's listen. Of course, it's not the same as when Father Michael was here. He taught me everything I know, heard my confession twice a year, and oh, his voice was so soft and low. The two we've had since and the one now, well, I dare say they do their best, but it's not the same. One wore trainers and didn't bow. And this one, this one's female, though she's not to blame. So we still go, most Sundays, when it's dry and when it's not that noisy people's praise. But me and my friends, we always wonder why it can't be like it was in the good old days. And so we sit together in our pews and reminisce and think what Father Michael would have done, commemorate the one we love and miss, our Father in the faith, and each one, of his, each one of us, his Son, and we pray, our Father. Of course, it's not as good when Dr. Cleverley's not there. Pleasant enough, but lightweight baby food. We need more solid fare than the ice cream on offer at the fete. And he has acquired such great learning. We count ourselves extremely blessed to sit at his feet, our hearts burning, digging deep into the Bible's treasure chest. God surely meant that we should use our brains, not park them at the church door. But most will settle for a few grains when God and Dr. Cleverly can offer so much more. And so we follow him around the town, take notes, discuss, increase our understanding perhaps occasionally look down on those whose intellectual thirst is less demanding. But we pray, our Father. Of course, it's not the same when we ignore tradition, laid down over many years like good wine. Not that we want to be in competition, 
For surely we must draw the line when all that long-established discipline of prayer and practice, bricks and mortar of our faith, is likely tossed into the bin. Baby out with the bathwater to make way for the new, improved, postmodern, culture-friendly brand. We fear the goalposts have been moved too far. This house is built on sand. My friends and I, we'll fly the flag, keep to the book, and sing the old songs. It's true, wild horses will not drag us out from where we know the truth belongs, but we pray our Father. Of course, it's not the same when men and women lead, for we can go direct to God. Has he not promised that he'll feed us, guide us with his staff, and check us with his rod? My friends and I, we have no need of go-betweens, of prophet or of priest, Peter, Paul, Apollos, or the modern breed of guru, be they from the West or East. We have the Spirit of God who speaks straight to our soul. We have the promise of God to claim. We have the word of God, his whole counsel. We pray in the power of Jesus' name. So why should we need any other head? Perhaps we should come apart and be free to follow where Christ has led. Give ourselves a fresh start. But we pray our Father. We'll all pray our Father as we've been taught, but what a dysfunctional family we present. Forgetting it was Christ who brought us life, bought us life, we resent those who would depose our favourite figurehead, who fail to see the rightness of our way. And so we go where angels fear to tread, off into cliques and factions, where we still pray, Our Father, deaf to our own hypocrisies, that brother turns his back on brother, and sisters lack the common courtesies. See how these Christians hurt one another. Jesus, the prayer torn from the depth of your being was that we, your fractious family, might be one, might recognise the many modes of God, seeing that discord dishonours and harmony beats unison. And so we pray, our Father, forgive us, partisan, party animals. Jesus, keep us at the foot of the cross, looking only to you. Spirit, grace us with warmth and humility to embrace others. Amen. The world in which we live needs to know the love of Jesus. And we sing of this in our next hymn, Hymn 721, We Lay Our Broken World. Hymn 721.
And now, as the choir sing the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward. this morning will be led by Muriel. Let's dedicate our offerings today. Father, as we bring our offerings before you today, we thank you for all the provision that you have given us and pray that what we have given back will be used to further your kingdom here on earth. Amen. And now we bring our prayers before others for others. Lord God, 
You are the Father of all people, and we come before you today with our prayers, knowing that you will hear us, help us, and guide us. Help us to pray simply, sincerely, unselfishly, and gratefully as we remember the needs of others as well as our own. We thank you that the way to your presence is always open through Jesus Christ and that you invite us to draw near in full assurance of faith. We thank you for your love which freely forgives and welcomes us into the family of your church. We pray and ask that you would bless all who faithfully serve you here week in, week out, in whatever capacity they serve. We ask that we would be filled with your wisdom, love and guidance, especially at times when important decisions need to be made. Lord, we pray for the countries where there is war, random violence or only a fragile peace. We pray especially today for the situation in Ukraine and ask that peace be a priority in the hearts of all and that the ways of diplomacy, reason, acceptance and forgiveness will triumph over the gun and the bomb and that the hearts of all those who have been darkened by violence discover a different light and a better way. We pray for those who are finding life hard at this time, for those with difficult decisions to make, problems to solve or difficult tasks to face, for those worried about paying their bills or knowing where the next meal will come from. Father, you know the fears and anxieties that fill our hearts. Anchor our thoughts and minds in your great power and love that we may face the days ahead with peace in our hearts and with the confidence in your fatherly care. We remember and pray for the doctors and nurses, healthcare professionals, all using their skills and expertise in so many ways for the good of those in their care. And we ask that the crisis that now seems to be hitting our NHS, that those who have the power to bring solutions would find a way through this quickly. We think of those who are lonely, sad or sick, for those whose illness is long-term and demands much patience to bear, we ask to strengthen them with your presence and all who suffer in body, mind and spirit. Give them courage and hope. In your great mercy, comfort and relieve them according to their various needs. And may they all draw strength that you are with them in their troubles. We pray for all that we do here in the name of St. George's. May we have the courage to stop the things that may no longer be relevant, but to be bold if you are asking us to change in any way. Help us to be relevant in ways that bring the gospel to this generation. And Father, lastly, we pray for ourselves. As we leave your church today, and as we start the week ahead, we pray that in all we do, we may walk more closely with you, aware that you are always at our side. Grant us your peace. Amen.
Our closing hymn this morning reminds us that all we do as the church must be built on Jesus Christ. Hymn number 739, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. Hymn 739. May the cross of Christ bring you strength. May the church of Christ bring you fellowship. May the love of Christ bring you joy. May the blessing of Christ bring you confidence. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. <laughs>